Hi friends, my name is Sasha and I'm Mia and this is the Drawing Club podcast. A weekly show where we chat about art, creativity, life and my cats and all of this while drawing a new illustration every week. And you can draw with us. If you do, please share your creations on social media and tag us in your posts. Welcome to the club, friends. Welcome back, friends. Hey, welcome back. (laughs) Next episode is here and let's start with what we're drawing. So do you want to start, Mia? Sure. So surprise, surprise, I'm drawing another self-portrait. This time it's somewhat related to our topic, so I will, I guess I will reveal that uh, when we we reveal the topic. (laughs) I will reveal the specifics later, but uh, I'm drawing on my iPad today. Yeah, but I think people already read the topic in the... Oh, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I keep forgetting that, like, this isn't real time. Yeah, it's the name of the podcast. (laughs) Yes. So, as you might know, we're talking about feminism today. So, I'm drawing a portrait of a feminist, a.k.a. me. (laughs) Me and myself. (laughs) Oh! (laughs) Yeah. What about you, Sasha? Uh, I'm because I have all these art supplies around me. I started drawing art supplies, so just some ra- random pictures of brushes and pencils and paints. That sounds cute. And I, I, I sketched it with the pencil, and I have Copic markers and gel pens around me. So I think I'm gonna use some combination of those. Oh, nice. All right. So, what would you like to share with the club today? Uh, I would like to share some new things that I've recently gotten uh, for my... Well, not for my studio, but some new things that are currently in my studio. Because I got new business cards made, which is very exciting. Up until now, I've printed my own, but it's like super tedious. And it's mostly been just because... I don't know. I feel like if I'm just printing it out, it can kind of, I don't know. Like I just kept the design, same design for like at least two years or something. But then I thought like, I want to eventually order some new ones, but oh my God, then I have to design it. So then I kind of never have the time in quotation marks. <laughs> like I, I think it's like a much bigger deal if I order like a bunch of them, then it has to be like a an actually nice business card. But, but I got some made with like one of my illustrations. Uh, and then I just like designed the back pretty much and it probably took me like 30 minutes or something in total so it wasn't like a big deal but I'm I'm really happy with them and I'm really happy that uh, I get to include those in my orders and another new thing that I got is like a bunch of postcards which uh, like I make my postcards for my shop myself I print them in my studio but for uh, re resale I I get them printed and this time I got like 20 designs printed which is super cool some of them are like new ones but most of them are just like my favorite designs of mine and they came out so nice so I think this is not like a a confirmation but I think like beginning next year I'm gonna I won't be printing my own postcards anymore I think I'm gonna gonna start start uh, having someone else do that because 
Oh, oh yes, I'm happy for you. I was wait, waiting for that day. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. We talked about this. I a want lot. you to work less. Yeah, yes. It will give me like, more time. At least for... work less on cutting stuff and yes. like you know. Exactly. Yeah, it will free up time for creative work rather than like because like making postcards takes quite a lot of time. So yeah. this is. This is very nice news, very exciting. <laughs> so what about you, Sasha? What do you want to share with the club today? Yeah, I want to share something maybe a bit more serious and mm -hmm. it has to come with like a content warning that I'm going to talk about some like food issues. I'm I'm not going to like talk about like losing weight or anything like but but like some food issues so if you would rather not listen somebody talk about having weird relationships with food then please like skip five minutes ahead or something but anyways i mean i yeah i have like a bit of a difficult relationships with food every now and then like mm -hmm. the, it's never like a hu very huge deal but sometimes i have some weird issues <laughs> but anyways i i had this realization the other day that I've been like tired a lot recently and I kind of like it it sounds really silly but I realized that my low energy levels probably come from me not eating enough <laughs> and like when I told that to my partner he was like yeah <laughs> of course like of course you know, I, I was i think i even phrased it like something like i think i need to eat more to like have more energy or something like this and he's like i, I mean yes <laughs> didn't you already know that but i kind of didn't notice it mm. i think for a while like because i do eat every now and then but i think i've been so busy with like so many other things that i've kind of like i prioritize other things and i kind of ignored eating mm. or like eating enough or eating regularly and then but but only like the last couple days I kind of noticed that I eat and then I have energy like I, cause wow. I would feel like oh yeah I would feel like today is such a bad day I have such low energy but then I would eat and suddenly I had energy and I'm like oh yeah so it wasn't a bad day it was just me not having had food yeah yeah and, and then i would get tired again and i would eat again and i would and and kind of like oh now i'm back to like having energy and also like yesterday i came back home and i was so tired i just lay in bed and i was like i can't do anything and my partner like asked if i want to like help him cook food and i was like no i don't i don't know if if i even have energy to eat yeah i was just like yeah. Oh, and then he asked me, like, well, could you maybe then, like, load the dishwasher? And I was like, can I do it after we eat? And, and but I, I was, right away, I was, like, dreading it. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to be able to do it after we eat. Because even now, like, I'm, I just can't move at all. And then we ate. And I got up and started loading the dishwasher. And it was okay. And I had energy to do it. And I was like, hey, I was just really, really hungry. <laughs> That's but, so funny. I mean, like, yeah. it makes total sense because, like, I mean, we were talking about this earlier, but I also sometimes don't, like, recognize that I'm feeling hungry. I just feel, like, kind of off or weird and only, like, yeah. <laughs> so it's not always clear. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, because I, I do sometimes feel hungry, 
So I think maybe I have like sometimes in life when maybe maybe because of stress, like my body kind of maybe uh, makes this feeling of being hungry kind of like like kind of removes it so I don't pay attention to it. Mm. So I don't really feel hungry because I'm kind of like concentrated on other things or maybe I'm like in this kind of stress response. So these kind of other body functions are like not seen as important or mm -hmm. something. I don't know. So I don't like, because I know what being hungry feels like. And then because I don't feel hungry, I think that I'm not hungry. But I, I am actually hungry. So I'm like, I've been thinking like, okay, now when I'm really tired, maybe I should try eating. <laughs> Before deciding that today is a bad day when I have low energy levels. Yeah. Because like that, of course, sometimes I just have bad, like low energy levels. But sometimes it could be that I haven't eaten enough. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but that's so good so, yeah. to like realize. Because yeah. that's something you can control. <laughs> like, yeah. you know. Yeah, I know, like, uh, it might sound silly to some people that this is, like, my realization. I know it's, like, it's maybe a little bit, like, <laughs> uh, to some people might sound silly. But I also thought that there must, like, some people must have felt the same way as me. So mm. maybe, like, if you have had low energy levels and maybe haven't paid enough attention to your meals... <laughs> It could be like a thing to um, think about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah. So this is my obvious <laughs> weird realization. Yeah. Obvious, but not always, you know, not always yeah. obvious. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't obvious for me. Yeah, exactly. Somehow. <laughs> All right. But like I mentioned we're talking about feminism today and i think this topic we've had like on our minds since season one but we've been a bit scared to make it or at least i think i have yeah yeah it's yeah we've been like wanting to talk about it because it's like an important part of like both of our lives mm. so and i mean i think we've been like pretty already pretty open on this podcast that, like about our feminist values yeah so like it's probably not a surprise to people that we're <laughs> yeah it's not like but it's been a secret <laughs> no but yeah it's such a broad topic and it's like quite serious and yeah so it has been a bit like we were a bit overwhelmed of how we would like even approach it yeah but today we're gonna attempt yes to cover some of it yes and like we were talking before this that we we're like approaching it from our perspectives and like from our ex experiences and like we're not trying to i don't know like be the voice of feminism or like i don't know like educate you on f feminism like as a because it's this huge thing and we definitely don't know all of it we're still learning like it's a process so we we're not saying we're perfect feminists and also like call us out I guess if we you know if there's something that we say that if yeah you know like we want to learn and we are still learning and it's you know yeah. we're just so, sharing yeah, we are not we are not experts on feminism yeah we are but we are part of the movement and we would like to just share our yeah 
yeah like our history in the movement and our experiences with it yes perfect (laughs) (laughs) yeah like i have to say like i'm kind of nervous about this but i'm but i'm also like excited because like you said it's like it is an important thing for us and i think it's important to talk about (sighs) yeah um so yeah i was kind of thinking that maybe could be fun to first kind of talk about how we became feminists do you wanna yeah share sasha (laughs) yeah yeah i don't know if i have like a definitive answer because i think it was a process Mm -hmm. so i don't like yeah wait yeah i realized should we first kind of give a definition or our definitions for like what feminism even is what we think it is because i i guess that would actually be like an even better place to start Mm. before we yeah sure in in case somebody like is not sure (laughs) yeah yeah. what we're talking about yeah yes do you want to start with that uh sure i can try yeah this was like this is maybe what i'm most scared of because I don't know, it's like very hard because it's such a huge thing to try and kind of narrow it or like say something that encompasses all of it. But I would I would say that feminism for me is about equality between uh, like all people, like everyone, like people of different uh, genders, ethnicities, sexualities, abilities and so on. So like intersectionality is like a big part of my uh, understanding of feminism and that just means like uh, different kinds of identities such as yeah like uh, racial identity and like gender and sexuality these all intersect and like affect people's lives and people are are, like in different uh, like how would I describe you know they all affect how how equal people are or like what their position in society is so it's like based on all those different aspects of identity basically and also i would say like my my feminism in quotation marks is also anti-capitalist uh very strongly and yeah i think something like that i would sum it up yeah yeah i agree with all that <laughs> yes so i'm like uh on the same page uh, like with the yeah like my feminism is also like uh, intersectional or like i strive yeah. for my feminism to be like in- intersectional and yeah of course it like all started with like gender equality but while mm. like learning about it I like a lot of things have been kind of adding because yeah because the inequality is can can come in so many uh has so many different faces <laughs> yeah and also is like people can experience different kinds of inequalities and several different inequalities uh at once so yeah basically what you said but uh, also (laughs) also for me like feminism is a lot about learning 
Mm. Yeah. Uh, like the learning part, like the learning part is very important for me. Like I feel that you don't just become a feminist and that that's it. Yeah. Because <laughs> like there are so many things like because yeah we can't judge everything based on just our own experience so it's kind of like at least for me like being part of the movement has always been kind of like learning other people's experiences uh, learning like other people's about other people's work and why it's important and also like the best ways to do different types of work and like just like a lot of learning and like constantly learning yeah so that's like a huge part for me and also i feel that for me like the very important part of feminism is like the community Mm. and support like i feel that through through the movement i have found a lot of people who understand me and by like us having this because i feel that uh in the kind of feminist community i'm part of like the support and this kindness and like this gentleness in so many ways like even if you don't understand uh, people's experiences you kind of respect them and you're open to learn like that has brought so much like i don't know support and like i feel like that kind of community to, to me feels like the most kind of comfortable to be part of yeah Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, for for me, feminism is not just about like. It's it's of course primarily about values, but those values also, with them, bring like the <laughs> the community and the the learning. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. And I would even argue, like, because what you said about learning that it like even should be like I think if a person wants to be feminist they should always strive for learning more because I feel like yes like you said yeah we we need to learn from different kinds of people's uh, experiences and Mm -hmm. so valuable yeah yeah okay so then maybe we can do you wanna do you wanna like share about your journey to becoming a feminist yeah well yeah as i said i don't think i have like a time in mind when i remember that this was the time when i became a feminist yeah (laughs) but but i was kind of like since i was a child i First of all, I was always very, like, I always felt very strongly about uh, things being fair and, like, people treated with respect and, um, yeah, like, even though, like, some stories I remember from my childhood, like, can be, like, maybe quite funny, but, like, even, like, my friend and I would, like, kind of fight for, like, some things at school that they were like like uh, for example one day a week we had like a the smaller like we always had this one long break which was like a lunch break yeah but one day a week we had a shorter lunch break and like we would still take the same amount of time to have our lunch and we would be late to the class because we thought it's unfair to like 
take this time from us that is like our free time that we rest and have lunch and and the and the class we had after that lunch break was physics and our physics teacher was the one who was responsible for the schedule so we were like this person is responsible for the schedule so they should take it like we are gonna be late and she's gonna see us late so she's gonna know that it was her mistake like like we kind of like even it was like our little civil disobedience to the yeah (laughs) to the unfair conditions (laughs) yeah so yeah like i had this kind of like uh mindset already as a child like Mm. even though the the issues we were fighting for maybe were not like that serious, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and also another thing, like I had this thing when I was a child. I also always felt this weird like gender roles thing, but of course I didn't really know like yet. Of course, any like I didn't really know how it works and I didn't really know that it's like this inequality thing mm. but I still like I was uncomfortable with the with the kind of gender roles but I didn't yet know that I can like decide to not do what society wants me to do so I remember as a child I knew like I that eventually I'm going to have to become a wife and a mother like that's just what I've been taught that I'm going to be. So I was sure that's what I'm going to be because that's like the only choice I, I get. And But I remember I always said that before I get married, I, I need to be at least 25. So I have some time to get an education, find a proper job, buy myself a car and an apartment. And then I can get married, (laughs) which like now I'm like, I don't need a car and an apartment. And I know it's not so easy to just find a proper job. But now when I think back at it, I kind of like, I know what I was thinking. Like I was, I kind of felt that getting married and having a family, that would be like the end of my like freedom and the end of my own life. So I felt like before that happens, I need to like, get myself established as a person and of Mm. course that's what i saw as like a person getting established you need to have a car and an apartment and (laughs) a good job so i will i had this list in my mind like that that those are things i'm gonna like accomplish before i get married of course that didn't happen and i actually got married before i was even like i was 21 when i got married but yeah (laughs) Like, now I know that I can still be free and I can still be my own person, even if I'm married. Like, it has nothing to do with that. So, yeah. like, uh, so I, I don't really care about those things. But I feel like that was like a baby feminist in me. Kind of like, I need to become my own person before I, like, do this thing that I'm supposed to do. Because, like, yeah. that's how the world works. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah, and also I remember I had this thing that because I always was so like strongly opinionated and like kind of like maybe for a girl a bit too like, you know, loud and pushy and like, Mm. I don't know, like my, I, I, even though I'm shy, like I'm still, my personality is maybe not like very mellow, right? Mm. Yeah, (laughs) I wouldn't say And yeah, and that's also not how like traditionally you're supposed to be like as a girl, at least. Yeah. Because I also like was brought up in like a religious community and we get taught that like the like the woman is supposed to be a wife and you need to be mellow. You need to like listen to your husband and you need to be like, you know, 
very like nice and serving and stuff. So I also remember I always said that like my future partner needs to be needs to have like a very strong character because I have such a strong character that someone like that I would need to have a husband that can like tame me or something or like force me to be more mellow which is like a horrible toxic thought yeah but like but it's also like I'm I'm when I remember that it's very interesting that I kind of realized that like I'm not that person that I'm supposed to be mm. to like be a good wife or be a good woman. So I already yeah. like kind of what I thought of solutions to that. I was like, okay, I don't like fit in this. Uh, so like, how how do I fix this? Okay, I need to find a very strong man who will like force <laughs> me to become mellow. Like, oh my which, god! I mean, I'm so I'm so happy that didn't happen. And like, if you know my partner, yeah, <laughs> he's the opposite of that. Yeah, he's like so mellow. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. But like, but when I remember those things, I was like, I- I'm like, oh, baby feminist, Sasha, like thinking about all these things already about like yeah. gender roles and how, and I think like that's already when I started like thinking about those things, like something is not working, something needs fixing. But of course mm-hmm. I didn't not, I didn't yet know like that there are like ways <laughs> people yeah. already talked about that you don't have to do this. You're like... Yeah. So yeah, I think I I I think that's when, <laughs> that's when my feminist journey started. But yeah, of course, when I got older, I kind of was just slowly learning things, and I've always been kind of like for equality and stuff. Can I like quickly interject? Because like about my childhood experience with this before you get further, because like I have a I have a very different like experience like as a child I was very kind of unaware and I was like I was like the good girl like I was very well I was also shy but I have always had this thing that I really want to like I want to please people I'm a people pleaser which is like not always bad but can always like it's not like always good either so I think like I I like I knew what was kind of expected of me so and I like wanted <laughs> wanted to fulfill those expectations and I didn't really like but I could I mean there were like moments that I thought were like unfair like I don't know for example like in family events my uh my brother and my cousin who is also like a a, a man now but a boy then he, they like they kind of just went away and kind of were just chilling but I felt like but I can't just like go away and not like kind of be with all this, these relatives and kind of like not like entertain them, obviously. But I felt like it's different for me. Like I can't just kind of go away and chill. I have to be like hosting or something, you know, like th- there are different things that are expected of me than of them. And I like I didn't like those things. But I yeah, I I was very non rebellious growing up. Yeah. Mm. I just wanted to share that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's funny, but yeah, I was quite rebellious. Yeah. That's <laughs> and so like, cool. And like, I mean, I wasn't rebellious in a way, like I wasn't really like a bad, like quote unquote, like a bad kid. Like, of course there were kids who were much cooler who did all this rebellious thing. <laughs> but yeah, I was, I was rebellious in this, like, 
um, you know, on Prince, I had principles, yeah. I had values. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah, also, yeah, I think also like now I also remembered this one story where like, I think it's the first time I remember being like treated worse than a man. Like, of course, there, I'm sure there were like other things like, of course, like my mom would tell me that I should clean my room because I'm a girl, but like, mm, wow. because I didn't have a brother. Mm. I it, it wasn't really like a comparison. It was kind of like just do this because you're a girl. But but the first time I actually saw it like in comparison was I think when I was like I was a teen and I had this boyfriend in church and we were like in this church camp like in the summer camp mm-hmm. and because like we just started dating and we were like very into each other so we would kind of like uh uh kind of like be together all the time in public and like kiss and hug and like you know be a bit too <laughs> too too much in that way and yeah the church people didn't like it because we were young and not married and you know you're not supposed to be too much like that especially like when you're teenagers and they didn't like it but they like one of the leaders asked my boyfriend for a talk and they talked to him mm-hmm. and explained what was wrong. And then he had to talk to me separately. So they didn't call both both of us for a meeting and explain to both of us what the problem was. They explained it to him. What? And then it was his, <laughs> um, his responsibility to then like talk to me about it and I remember I felt so shitty like I I didn't really have like words to explain it I was like this is so sexist like I I I didn't know sexism existed but I just remember feeling like crap inside like I felt so disrespected yeah 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 and I didn't know what it was I didn't really like have the language to explain it but yeah I was just it just felt really shitty yeah yeah but yeah but yeah i would say like i don't really have like an adult story of how i became a feminist because i think i was just like always kind of learning about Mm. um inequalities in life like all the time and kind of like and yeah i think like one at one point i started using like a term feminist as like to describe my identity Mm -hmm. but uh i i yeah, I think it was like a very gradual, like my whole adulthood. I was kind of like always. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like I was always kind of politically left, and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like when, whenever, whenever I learned about some inequality, I would feel strongly about it, and like, and, yeah. Yeah, for me, it kind of all started when I was a teenager, and. Like, I think at first I became an LGBTQ plus ally, wink, wink, Mm. ally. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I was, yeah, I guess I was like in a closet from myself. (laughs) But yeah, like I became really passionate about that because I like became friends uh, with this person who was older. Uh, Brother was gay and like she told me all the things that he was like facing and I was like I got so mad and like we got really like really into that um 
And I also kind of was starting to suspect some things about myself then pretty quickly. Uh, but then I think it maybe, I mean, I, I guess like at the end of high school or somewhere in high school, I might have like started like, yeah, like these very general kind of, okay, there are these unfair uh, gender inequalities like that women face like this very basic stuff like oh income equality uh, or uh, things like that but I think like what really got me kind of when I really kind of awoke to it really was uh when I started university and I guess kind of simultaneously I was hanging out on tumblr a lot <laughs> And, uh, but then I also took like one of my, uh, friends at school is like, do you want to come and take this, uh, gender studies course with me, this introduction to gender studies? And I was like, oh my God, yes. Like I was so interested, but at that time I it was still kind of mostly like, um, the LGBTQ plus, uh, like rights and, and like this very general idea of a like gender inequality but then that kind of opened up a whole whole thing and I did like I did a lot of gender studies uh in my university years and those definitely opened my eyes a lot but I think Tumblr was like an even bigger <laughs> bigger influence on me because like the internet is amazing because like information gets shared and also like people's experiences get shared in a way that it's like hasn't happened before so I learned so much like online and I still like mostly learn stuff online uh, about feminism yeah. to this day yeah yeah same I feel like yeah I started kind of thinking about gender inequality maybe based on like my own experience but then like the whole like intersectionality part came from yeah like, yeah, from the internet and different, like people from different marginalized backgrounds sharing their experiences. Yeah. Like, yeah, opened my eyes to a lot of stuff. Yeah, same. Yeah. And like, yeah, like the trans community on the internet, I like, I learned so much from them. Yeah like yeah because yeah like when you when you're not a part of some group you basically even if you believe that they deserve equality you still don't really know anything about them yeah and about their struggles until you actually listen to them and definitely so yeah so it's been like very gradual and like it's a continuing process like yeah every like just a day or two ago I learned about like some vocabulary that's like that was like new to me and that there was like a preferred mm. uh, like a better alternative to some term that I had been using and I was like oh this is amazing like I don't yeah. know it's like yeah it's every day <laughs> yes yeah and things also change because like the situation often changes yes and sometimes things change because the the situation improves. And yeah. sometimes things change because the situation um, 
gets worse. Yeah. <laughs> so it's good to also like keep your mind always open and learning all the time. Yeah. That's a good good tip. Yeah. Um okay, one of the questions that I, oh yeah, I was kind of like when we were thinking about like what we could talk about. I was like, so I wonder what is like the most common questions that like people get asked when they say that they're a feminist. And I kind of thought about like I I feel like the most um, common question is what does the your husband think about it or like what does your boyfriend <laughs> think about it? Which wow. um, I thought we could maybe like. I mean, not just answer this question, but also un- unpack <laughs> sure. it a bit. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> I mean, maybe to kind of first answer it. When I met my partner only, I was already, I was a, a feminist, but he was pretty new to it. Like, like of course he knew, like, the basic definition of what feminism was, but he was like super curious and like open and like interested to learn more. And like, because in my previous relationships, I'd had like a million fights about being a feminist, which was like, it sucked. Mm -hmm. It was horrible. (laughs) So um, I was very lucky (laughs) with like in that regard. But yeah, so I experienced like both supportive and unsupportive partners in that regard Mm. um but and i think my family um they're mostly like okay i think they try like they we definitely don't see eye to eye on stuff like i mean like i'm way more radical (laughs) what i'm kind of trying to say like i'm sure they're like of course women and men should be equal but maybe like not all of the nuances are clear but i noticed that they like tell me things sometimes that because they know that i'm like passionate about these things so i think they try to like relate to me so they are like Mm. supportive in that sense but i don't think like like we definitely probably don't agree on all things but they kind of try their best and I like also try my best to educate them when like you know if something comes up I do my best but yeah so it's like they're trying but they're kind of you know they (laughs) they have like good um like yeah they're trying (laughs) but it's not always the best but you know yeah not yeah. like horrible either yeah yeah well I've been like in a relationship with my current partner since I was like 19 so mm. a lot of things we did learn together yeah uh, and yeah he, like he has always we've always been pretty much on the same page uh, about a lot of stuff of course like some things I learn and then tell him and then we talk about it and some things maybe he learns and tells me and we talk about it so yeah like um, i feel that we've been on this journey kind of together yeah and i love Uh, like i love that like i love having a partner who i can like talk about this and share share this common goal and like yeah 
educate each other yeah. also. Yeah. And like the the people I dated before him, like I was pretty young, so it's a bit hard. Like I did not really tell people I'm a feminist back then, so yeah. I don't really have an, <laughs> an, an... But yeah, but I like... Yeah, this question bothers me so much because it kind of... Uh, it's kind of assumes that mm. if like... Okay, quote unquote, a woman <laughs> is. I mean, yeah. First of all, it assumes that this person is a woman, and they are definitely in a relationship with a man. Yeah. But let's say the person who asks, they know that already. <laughs> uh, like it still assumes that it's somehow like a threat to yeah. a man if their yeah. female partner is a feminist, and it's like it bugs me so much, like because. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, like, I mean, yeah, I know it's, like, a very old, like, joke about, like, or stereotype about, like, feminists being women who hate men, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> like, but some people still think that, but also, like, if you think, like, I'm a woman who hates men, why do you think, like, I'm in a relationship with a man, like, yeah, like, <laughs> I don't know, it's just... <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, but I like when I hear this question, I always want to say like, how do you know my partner is even male? How? Yeah. <laughs> why do you assume he is not a feminist either? Like, yeah. Why does it even bother you? Like, what does it matter what my partner thinks? Like, aren't we talking about my values now? It's like I am a person <laughs> yeah. with my own thoughts, and I'm talking about my own thoughts now. Like. I'm not now responsible for my partner's feelings or like it because it has nothing to do with my partner. Like my values have nothing to do with my partner. Mm. Of course, it's like very important for me that we share values and we do have common values. And some people don't and it works for them. I I don't know how, but yeah, it does work for some people. It's their problem (laughs) or not problem. I don't know. But like. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so it is important for, like, the values that we share are important for me, but when people assume that, like, somehow my values, like, I don't know, like, influence my partner negatively, it's just because they are about, like, quote-unquote women's rights, even though for me it's not just cis women's rights, but, like, that's what people who ask that question, like, assume first. Yeah they kind of right away assume that it's like it's bad for my husband (laughs) yeah or whatever yeah definitely like that's such a frustrating yeah yeah like there's so much assumption related to that whole question that it's like oh yeah yeah but to answer it shortly my partner is also a feminist (laughs) yeah i mean same yes And I wouldn't, like, yeah, for me, it wouldn't even work any other way. I wouldn't date a (laughs) non-feminist. Yes, exactly. Well, kind of related to that, like, I was also thinking, like, because I've definitely had some, like, negative experiences, like, yeah, from people who are not feminists. Like, I, I remembered in my like old friend group I would get into these like fights sometimes with people if I like mm-hmm. like I mean I didn't want to fight but they would say like something I don't know they would tell a sexist joke and I would be like 
that's not funny. Like, why would you say that or something? Mm -hmm. And then it's like a huge deal. And like everyone, like, like, I don't know, like it was, and it's like, yeah, it's, it's like a shitty situation. And like, I kind of only when I started, like, you know, when I got more aware myself and I started calling out the people around me, I realized like that there were quite a few people around me who like, like, I kind of realized like, yeah, I don't think I want to be friends with these people anymore. Like, I don't know, like a person who, for example, okay, well, maybe I don't want to use this example because it might be triggering, but a person who, you know, jokes about I don't know who jokes about things that affect <laughs> that affect me yeah. and can be like traumatic for me. Like, do I want to like, can I trust that kind of a person? Can I like actually mm -hmm. like, I don't think I can like, I'm quite maybe like strict with that. Yeah. Like with like, yeah. So I've let go of a lot of relationships. I mean, not like solely because of this, but this was definitely like a big part of it. Mm -hmm. which like has sucked but in the long run has been amazing for like <laughs> my mental health and everything else yeah but, uh, definitely like have had like a lot of like uncomfortable conflict situations with people but also like with people who I'm still friends with where it's just like like it can be so hard to navigate and I know I've not always been the best maybe at navigating like maybe like trying to correct someone on their vocabulary or something or like you know things don't always go smoothly even if everyone has the best intentions kind of so it's like mm -hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I think I've like learned a lot over the years of like kind of building my own boundaries with it like mm. both from the the point of like the people I even want to keep a relationship with like I also yeah. broke off some relationships or then I started kind of like if it's in my family then I kind of like started avoiding some people as much as possible to like yeah. not have to even like yeah because like some of those conversations would be like kind of traumatizing and like yeah I, I, like I would leave a family gathering in tears several times and then I would be like okay no I don't want to see this person anymore because this is like yeah yeah but also I think over the years I kind of like yeah I, I realized maybe I learned to also see like which of the conversations are kind of possible like like when a person is open and you can kind of talk about things and everybody learns something mm -hmm. or if it's just a very very like narrow-minded bigoted person who is only gonna make you feel worse and it's not worth your time <laughs> yeah. I, so I think maybe I kind of learned to also like distinguish between these situations so I don't have to like always because yeah I'm a bit uncomfortable with like always having to be like in the position of like educating people all the time yeah like okay so this person is not a feminist i need to explain this to them now so they know like yeah like, it's exhausting I, I, it's exhausting and 
yeah, not good to my mental health and like not anyway, like not not a fun way to build relationships anyway. And so it's like, yeah, I, I, but I think, yeah, I'm kind of like always learning to like, because I also feel that I, I do want to like be a good ally to like groups that I'm not part of. So if, if somebody says something offensive about like, yeah. A group that I'm not a part of. I do still want to say, like, no person, (laughs) this is problematic. Like, should we maybe, like, be a bit respectful to this kind of people and stuff? Like, I do want to, like, point those things out and, like, stand for these people. Yeah. But, uh, But I don't think that I should be, like, this educator on all the feminist issues all the time. So I've kind of like been learning to like find a balance like of like when I can be a good ally, but like, but also sometimes when I see a person is not gonna be ready to hear this and it's, they're just gonna be very toxic towards me. Yeah. Then maybe it's like not a good place to <laughs> get into. And of course, I'm not like, I'm not saying I'm like perfect at navigating those situations. I don't always know. And I'm sure that sometimes I'm in situations where I should say something and I don't. And yeah. sometimes maybe it's better to not say anything and avoid this person. But, but then I do. And then it's a bad conflict. That always happens. But yeah, yeah, like, same. It's mm-hmm. like a learning. I think it's also that is like a thing you're just constantly learning. I don't know. And like, yeah, but that is also a very good point. Kind of what you say that you like, we do screw up sometimes. Like, you know, yes. even with the best of intentions, like, like the, there's yeah, this. Everybody weird, makes mistakes. Yeah, exactly. And I think like maybe like a lot of people, and I know this. I think like in my own nervousness about talking about this like so directly, um, publicly, I'm like a bit scared of like, like uh, there's this thing where like if you're not a perfect feminist, it's like, uh, like I don't know. There's this pressure to be because of course we're all like trying to. <sighs> Like, we don't want to under, what is the word? Like, you know, undermine what we're trying to achieve. So it's, like, very mm-hmm. scary. Um, there's, like, this pressure to kind of, but yeah, yeah, like, no, yeah, everyone will screw up. And like you were saying to me when I was explaining that I was kind of nervous that it can, like, it can be a learning opportunity. Like, if... If we happen to say something in here and someone was like, hey, this thing that you said, like, you know, there would have been a better way to say it or this, you know, that can be like a learning opportunity and that can be like super valuable and not only to us, but to everyone. So it's like, yeah, it's scary, but it's worth it. And it's like just part of the process of learning also. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I I mean, I can relate to, like, also, I think, like, I am maybe a bit, 
like I've I've thought about a lot of things a lot, so I'm like maybe a bit less scared about those things now. But I remember I was really scared to like put myself in like some feminist places or like in some feminist like to join like a feminist discussion or mm. like uh, or something because I yeah I felt like there's so much to learn I'm I'm so scared that I don't know something and I'm gonna say something and I'm gonna offend someone mm. and I just rather like not even um like uh what do you say like not even participate mm. and because yeah because I used I was like part of some feminist activist initiatives but I remember when I was just like starting or like joined them for the first time it would be really scared because I felt like everybody has so much experience and and some people like are studying gender studies and stuff and I like I have no academic background in this stuff and like mm. I don't all know all the language and and stuff but but like I still joined and I was just like really quiet in the beginning and I was just learning and like seeing how people do and I think like that's totally like that's totally okay if you feel like you don't know enough in the beginning then to like try to learn more than you contribute and yeah. then contribute when you're comfortable yeah yeah and also, like, maybe I, then it became easier for me con to contribute once I learned that, like, it's okay if you make mistakes as long as you, like, know that it's a learning opportunity. Then it's actually, like, not so scary to make mistakes because then you know that, okay, this person is also a feminist, but they are from, like, a different... They have a different experience than me. So I might say something that they know is not okay. Then they will let me know. But I know that they're nice. <laughs> yeah. And I know that they don't hate me. I mean, I might feel at the moment, I might feel bad and I might feel that they hate me. But <laughs> yeah. But eventually, like, I will... But I also notice that usually people actually don't do that, at least, like, in the, in the circles where I was. Mm -hmm. People didn't usually say to your face, like, this is wrong, don't say that ever. Like, yeah, <laughs> it would be more kind of like a general discussions about things mm. where I learned everything. Mm. So, like, I was actually never in like in this kind of situation. I, 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 and and I'm not saying that I never said anything wrong. I've said like plenty of things wrong in my <laughs> life, but I never was in a situation where where someone said to my face like, "This is wrong, bad feminist, go away." <laughs> Yeah. yeah, like all of the things that I said that were wrong that I then later learned was always like part of like a group discussion or like part of just someone sharing their experiences and stuff. And I would like see someone talk about it and I would be like, oh shit, yes, I, I do that too. I should stop. Mm. So, yeah, I think it's of course like when you feel like you don't know much, it can be scary but i think listening a lot helps no more <laughs> yeah that's very good advice yeah okay so i was thinking we were also talking about um or like we were gonna talk about and we are i'm suggesting that next we talk about well how this how being <laughs> a feminist affects our work the work that we do because we are creatives 
so and we are feminists and if it's like an important value for us how does it affect what we do yeah and i definitely i think the biggest thing for me or like maybe the most noticeable thing definitely is like representation like what kind of people i um draw so i try to try to include different kinds of people in my art uh that's like probably the most noticeable thing uh i think like there's definitely like room for improvement and it's like i mean it's true that maybe like <laughs> 70 of my art is self-portrait so like <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's white gingers <laughs> because that's what i am um uh, but yeah that's something that i try to think about um a lot but also can can always do better with um, yeah i mean yeah i also think about that like i i feel that that's important in my work and i all like I always think I can improve in that regard because when I draw people I definitely like like I <laughs> I could draw like a more uh, wide a range of different types of people mm. than I do but yeah I try to think about that in my drawing practice yes Then also like as far as clients go, like I've done like some free work for uh, some like feminist uh, grassroots organizations and stuff. Like I, uh, I've done something for this feminist scene called Wanda Magazine, and also I did something for Women's March London uh, the summer of last year. So like if someone was to contact me with like a you know like a small organization that i share values with and if they don't have like a budget for the thing then depending on like where what is my work situation at the moment like i i do want to take on those things too like when i can because i feel like it's valuable and it aligns with mm -hmm. my values as well uh, and also like in general with clients like my dream kind of illustration clients would be like these kinds of organizations that that uh, strive to like um, create equality in society in different ways like I would love to illustrate uh, projects or yeah to illustrate for those kinds of like those would be my dream jobs and yeah I'm, I'm gonna be striving for that for sure Like, how about you? Do you have any other ideas about how it's yeah. visible? Yeah. I mean, I always, like, think about, like, also when I uh, share things on social media, I try to, like, always think of my language, like, mm. what I write, what I say, like, I try to be, like, as inclusive with my language as I can. And... Yeah, I mean, I, I try to be, like, as careful with the things I say on social media as I can, because I know, like, I'm talking to a group of people. I, I have some influence, even if it's not huge. 
So like I take it seriously and yeah, like my feminist intersectional feminist values is like uh, influence a lot when I think about these things. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and of course, I think like all of the art I do, like I do censor myself. <laughs> like, I mean, not censor myself in a way that it's not like I do something and then I'm like, oh, this is racist. Like, yeah. but just kind of like I always think about like uh, topics. Of course, I do a lot of neutral stuff, but also sometimes I'm like, can I like bring something in the conversation even though it doesn't have to be like I don't have to always do art that is like feminist slogans or something like this but I feel that even like uh, doing something like you know kind and gentle and like about like acceptance and like this uh, this kind of like self-love or <laughs> yeah like, rest and whatever like that's also very like political and like anti-capitalist and like yes you know so and definitely I, feminist because especially like uh women are taught to hate their bodies a lot yeah, for example yeah. so like yeah so like i feel that this like uh it's it's beautiful when art opens up these like very serious conversations but also like if that is like not comfortable enough i think it doesn't always have to be like super loud it can also be this like just this atmosphere you create that like also like i don't know like give some ideas that challenge the status quo (laughs) like even in this like kind of more everyday things yes i think that's also important yeah i like that i don't know like i hope it makes it makes sense what i'm trying to say no i think it definitely does and like that kind of like also reminds like this bigger point of like there's not one way to be a feminist or one way to be an activist Mm -hmm. or anything like there are different ways you can kind of contribute yeah like creating a safer space online for example like your own little community or like I don't like there are so many ways to do it yeah like for some people it might be like this very loud very like very active I don't like you know there are so many ways but some for some other people it might be more this like softer and like like there are so mm-hmm. many ways to be a person so there are so many ways also to do this type of work or to contribute to a cause that you mm-hmm. care about yeah yeah and this like creating a safer space is like a huge thing for me i think in like every kind of environment that i like work with like online also like i will i will delete comments if they are offensive yes without even like because yeah i had some i i don't have a lot of um like bad commenters but especially if i speak out on some equality issue some Mm -hmm. people will come and express their opinion and like (laughs) sometimes they will express their opinion in this long comment and they put a lot of energy writing it i'm like (laughs) um i feel like kind of sorry for them putting all this energy because i'll just hit delete i'm not gonna reply and i'm not gonna even read the whole thing if i if i see that you've written something racist transphobic sexist or like uh like really shitty in some way 
I'm just gonna like I'm not gonna even think about it and I'm not no. gonna start a conversation or anything because I feel that like when people think that when they write that they want a conversation first of all they assume that they uh, like how do you say like they're entitled to like my time and education yeah. arguing with them but also how about those people who are my subscribers who they are offending here who are gonna read this yeah like i care about those people more than about this hater so i'm gonna delete that so my nice subscribers <laughs> who are like part of those marginalized communities won't yeah. have to read that crap so uh, yes. I know like for me for some people it might sound harsh because I know some people feel strongly against deleting comments because every opinion matters or whatever like not not on my online spaces like I'm yeah. very strict about it and it's like my online spaces are like should be safe as safe as possible for uh, for people from different backgrounds yeah agree and also like i feel like there's this weird thing where i mean at least like i don't even consider it an opinion if you're like opposed to human rights of some groups yeah, like a yeah, difference exactly. of opinion is like should we tax parks five percent or seven percent like i don't know i mean we made a weird political example but you know that's like a difference of opinion but like yeah should some people exist yeah. safely in this world? That's not an opinion. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Like if you tell me that my illustration could use some other colors, I'm I'm gonna leave that comment, even though I might feel a little bit attacked. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, sure, that's your opinion, but like, yeah. If you think that some people don't have the right to exist, sorry, that's not an opinion. That's no. That's just hate. Yes. So yeah. So I'm like, yeah. And also now, for example, when I actually like have a physical space that I where I invite clients for tattooing that's like all, also like a huge thing for me that it's like it's an actual space that I want to be like safer for my clients and in like and I'm also like trying to educate myself also now on like different bodies and how like again I'm just a beginner I don't know a lot of things and I don't have um experience tattooing all kinds of bodies but i find it's very important to that i need to learn how to, to do different kind of bodies and i need also the environment to be uh, accessible to as many different kinds of bodies as i can make it unfortunately like since we don't build a building from scratch we can't make it accessible to all kinds of bodies but if there's something we can do to make it more accessible to different kinds of bodies, like we're gonna do it, and like I feel that we're responsible for like in so in that way, it also affects my work that like I think if I have a space where I welcome clients, I really think about different types of clients who might want to come here, and I want all of them to be welcome, comfortable, and safe and um like not judged and yeah yeah yes definitely and also like i think that's what we also try to do with this podcast and also yes. with our helsinki drawing club like we even have like rules for a safer space that like everyone 
like reads when they come to our meeting and stuff so yeah it's like it's very important yeah yeah and i'm like now just i started thinking about it that for me like one of the biggest things is like kindness and respect and like like that everybody should like feel nice and safe and respected so yeah. also like all, all of this like um yeah because there is like the stereotype of feminists being angry and of course feminists are angry because a lot of there's a lot, a lot of things, to be angry about yes yes but but like the the goal is that everything is nice and safe and like people respect each other so it's like the goal is not about everybody being angry about everything yeah. <laughs> like like some people think yeah definitely Whew. But that's like a yeah. that's a nice kind of final thought before our question yeah. of the week. <laughs> like yeah, yes. kindness, respect towards people of all kinds of identities. Everyone, just be kind yes. and respect each other. Yes. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed our rant. <laughs> and of course, this is like we did not cover everything. Of course. Yeah. But yeah i hope we gave you some insight into our experiences yeah i hope so with the movement like this was kind of a bit scary but also like really nice to talk about so i'm i'm happy we did it yeah (laughs) yes yes and i think like if if we did not explain something like well enough maybe like feel free to ask us questions in the comments or like on Instagram, like if, cause also like, I, I'm sure like sometimes we use some terminology that like maybe it's not, not everybody knows. I don't know, could be at least. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So just let, let us know if something was not clear. Definitely, and yes, we'd be happy yes. to, to answer your questions. <laughs> okay, yes. uh, so I, we have a question from Gematis. On Instagram, uh, this is actually a question for you, which is why I'm reading it, so I can at least participate in reading you this question. All right. But, um, so, yes, here it goes. Do your cats eat vegan too? I really want one, but I can't stand the thought of having to buy them meat. And then, like, a sad face. Mm. Yeah. Yes, I understand your sadness. <laughs> And uh, I feel you. And yeah, also like right away, I want to say that like this is a bit of a controversial question and not everybody's going to maybe agree with me. And also I'm not a veterinarian or a uh, pet nutritionist or anything like that. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm just a person (laughs) who has has two cats. But yes, no, my cats are not vegan and that is because I believe that would not be healthy for a cat. Unfortunately, I mean, not unfortunately in nature, but unfortunately, (laughs) like, yeah, I don't think it would be okay to give cats vegan food, maybe with exception of like a couple cats who for some reason (laughs) are okay with vegan food and are still healthy. But yeah. But I don't like I do feel for you like I also feel a bit 
bad in one way that we have to buy animal products to feed our cats because we don't buy in like for those of you listeners who don't know i am like vegan myself and maybe some people would say you're not vegan anymore because you buy animal products for your cats that's up to you you don't have to consider me vegan that's fine (laughs) (laughs) yes i'm sorry i'm gonna have like a lot of disclaimers on this because i i feel a bit like self-conscious answering this because I, I feel like maybe some people are going to judge me for this. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it seems not. like a topic that like, yeah, people have very heated opinions on. Yeah. And I mean, that that's that's okay. Like <laughs> I'm just presenting my um, yes. my position here. Yes. Uh what I try to do is I like recently for some reason like kind of did a little bit of research of what types of like my cats eat a lot of fish uh i do research on like which fish breed uh, breeds no fish species are like the uh which what is it called like the which fish species industries are more sustainable than others Mm. or like ruin our ocean more than others and i try to buy more of that fish so there's less of uh, ruining the ocean uh, contributions from my cats. But of course, like, I don't give them only that fish because it's like not, not that much. But like, I substitute part of it. But yes, oh, also I'm going to be so like messy in on this answer. Um, <laughs> I think that we people like... As, as humans, uh, we bred these pets uh, and then we bred them so many that we don't need so many of them anymore. So some of them end up on the streets and not needed. Mm. And now we need to rescue them and take them home because now we as humans are responsible for them. And that's why I took cats I mean, I love cats <laughs> and I like being their friend, but like, I, I don't want to support cat breeders, for example. I wouldn't buy a cat from a breeder, but I do think we need to rescue the cats because they are abandoned and they need homes because now they are home yeah. cats and they can't survive outside. So we kind of have to feed them meat because we need to provide them a healthy life. So it's kind of like, I feel that now we have to feed them f- meat, even though I don't want to buy meat because I don't s- want to support this unethical industry. But also this, like, I feel it's our human respons- responsibility to adopt these animals and provide them with good life. Yeah. Because we caused this uh, these conditions for them now. So, so now we have to feed them meat because, like yeah (laughs) so it's kind of like i i think our world is so messed up that now even when we try to do things right we can't always do things right perfectly because everything is so messed up yeah so yeah but of course like i totally understand if you feel uncomfortable buying meat so i wouldn't suggest trying to put your cat on a vegan diet but you can also ask 
like people who are actually experts in this. Uh, but maybe you can have a rabbit <laughs> or a rat. Because there are a lot of those animals who are who also need rescuing. There's like a lot of rabbits in like really bad situ- life situations that need good home. They're a bit li- a bit more difficult to take care of than cats. But I think if you do a lot of research, you can provide a good home maybe to a rabbit who is vegan. Yeah. <laughs> so you can have your your vegan. Pa- but actually, yeah. But if you have a rabbit, you should have two rabbits. They shouldn't live alone with a human. They should live in a couple. Mm. but yeah so you can get yourself a couple rabbits <laughs> and they're gonna be your vegan friends yeah rabbits are cute yeah they're really cute but yeah so maybe this wasn't like the answer you expected and but yeah i i understand your struggle but yeah this is my experience i don't know mia do you have any opinion to add or thoughts or no not really i mean i <laughs> i guess i could like i support you like i trust that you know what your cats like what is good for your cats and like yeah mm-hmm. like you said like this world is shitty and you have to make sure like yeah like no one is a perfect vegan anyway and like yeah it's not like a thing for me <laughs> so I, yeah yeah yeah, I just it, everything you said just makes sense to me as a non-cat owning person. <laughs> I support your choice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And yeah, maybe also like feel free to share your thoughts about that in the comments because I'm interested in other people's thoughts if you're like if you're a vegan, but also please like keep them nice. Yeah, uh, that's like let's not like insult each other if our uh, decisions on how to be vegan and raise um, animals who are carnivores. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like if our opinions on that differ, let's like maybe not fight about it in the comments, but kindly share our perspectives. Yes, that is good advice. Yes. Always, I think. Oh, wow. I think this episode is huge. So thank you if you yeah. <laughs> listen to the whole thing. But I mean, I, I thought it was very interesting. I hope it was. Yeah, yeah I hope so, too. Yes. And thank you for listening. If you listen to the whole thing. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. How is your drawing going, by the way? Did you finish? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's like a lot of small drawings kind of nothing special <laughs> to be honest but <laughs> i like these these rainbow oh, pencils those are so cute i love yeah. them they would make yeah, such I a can... cute tattoo also yeah that's what i was thinking yeah <laughs> oh yeah i love how my self-portrait came out like can you why is it all white uh, yeah i can only see the well the overalls <laughs> yes <laughs> well yeah she's wearing my outfit because she is me <laughs> but you will see it in our youtube video and on our instagram feed <laughs> eventually yes, you will yes and i hope we will see your creations on our instagram feed also yes don't forget to tag us 
yes. in your stories and posts. Exactly. Tag us with your creations or if you're just listening to us, like we love to see, like we, we just love to see it and connect with you. <laughs> and please send us more questions. Yes, <laughs> please do. <laughs> we always need some. All right. Well, thank you for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Drawing Club podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at drawingclubpodcast or email us at drawingclubpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find me, Mia, on Instagram at mia.minerva and on YouTube as Mia Minerva. Sasha, where can we find you? I'm on Instagram at Sasha underscore Kretova. This podcast was created by us, Mia Minerva and Sasha Kretova. Olli Arni created the theme song and assisted with the recording and Dmitri Zerbin took care of audio mastering. Welcome to the club, friends.